Welcome to the Toffee Blues, your source for all things Everton, and welcome to another podcast. We've got loads to get through tonight, and I'm joined by Teddy McAllister and Owen Parks. Tonight's running order is as follows. We start by looking back on our pre-season opener, that three-all draw at Blackpool. And that'll be followed by two transfer debates, one over the possible incoming of Abdullah Decore, and one over the possible departure of the returning loanee, John Joe Kenny. And then we'll be finishing with our classic matchday squad quiz at the end, where Teddy will slug it out against Owen. Separate videos, of course, are separate segments on YouTube, so I'll introduce the separate shows as we go. Anyway, let's get to it. Of course, Everton came from 3-0 down after 15 minutes to draw 3 all with Blackpool. Not quite the start we were hoping for, that's for sure. Of course, I'm joined by Teddy and Owen for this recap, and we'll start with Owen for this one. Do you watch any of this one, mate? What did you make of this? Yeah, I watched it all. Um, I didn't get into you're, the stream predictably. You're a, bra- you're, a, you're a braver man than me for watching it. Yeah, I, well, I watched the full ninety, well, the full nineteen eighty-nine minutes because I had an issue getting in the stream predictably for the first minute, and then once I'd already gone in the stream, one nil down. Some some bloke called CJ Campbell or oh, CJ Hamilton, whatever his name was, has already um, put Blackpool one to the good in the fourth. This is how we start the twenty twenty one season, isn't it? One nil down to Blackpool, but yeah, I saw the other two goals in the fourth. This is definitely how they started, and then yeah. we came back and we did we did pretty well from then on in terms of a level. But I don't know, it was all very preseason, all very Gavin Griffiths and Ian Snowden cliche bingo was going on and everything. Oh god. Yeah. So. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't watching the stream, I was busy, but uh I'm kinda glad I didn't because you know, obviously yeah. Everton Twitter descended into meltdown after those three goals went in for Blackpool in ten minutes and yeah. I went online for them for for until after the game because I knew I was coming in their first ten minutes. Um Whereas the game went on, I, I was I wasn't too bothered until Mo Bessic got on the pitch because that angered me because I don't like Mo Bessic so because he's rubbish. So apart from that, I was all right with everything. Yeah, I think it's hard to comprehend that Mo Bessic is actually still playing for Everton in twenty twenty. It's that's that's bizarre in itself. But this this entire game was bizarre. The fact that we had to come three nil down from three nil down to. Get a get a draw with Blackpool is str- strange enough as it is. I'm not sure what's actually stranger: the fact that we went three goals down in ten minutes to a League One side, or the fact that we actually managed to come from behind and get something back. Definitely I, I, the latter. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was just, it was so bizarre. I mean, it was definitely not what anyone was expecting for pre- the start of pre-season. No, because all of our normal, I say normal pre-season games of the past few years. I've always been like nil nil dead rubbers or one nil or one all on this. Been yeah, like, they've always been dour, haven't they? Yeah, and that that wasn't, but it, it still felt dour even though it wasn't. And it, it was a very strange game to be honest. Yeah, I think it was always going to feel dour once you went three nil down to Blackpool after ten minutes. Terry, what about you, mate? How did you find this one? Did you watch it? No, I've got to be honest, I didn't. <laughs> I was I was watching me air, but um. 
Uh, no, I, I honestly, I don't put any stock in pre-season friendlies. Like it, we won one twenty-two nil the other year. Like didn't mean nothing then when we won when we won one by that, and it wouldn't have meant nothing if we'd have lost that one three nil and not come back. For me, the pre-season games are just for the manager. You know, he's watching them in training all week. He's trying new things. He's, you know, he's seeing out what the levels are, and the manager gets a good look at them in a match scenario. And obviously, I've watched the highlights and I've seen like the goals, and oh, I mean, there's some surprise and like you know, um, culprits for the goals we can see. Like Mason Holgate was terrible on two of them. I think it was the first and the third. Uh, Pickford's not good on one of them as well, and just. Nothing we didn't already know. Nothing we didn't already know came from from that game. Um, the midfield, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm looking at what people were saying, and it was all the same complaints as normal match days. Midfield's non-existent. Pickford's terrible, etc., etc. So I, I, I come away from it not bothered, frankly. You've not, like, you've not learned anything new there, but I'll, uh, I'll, have, I'll have to disagree with you on the whole uh, pre-seasons only for the manager. I mean. It's quite clearly for Everton Twitter to descend into absolute chaos, isn't it? I mean, it, 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 that's what pre-season's for. It's for Everton fans to like predict that we're going to get relegated after half an hour of a first pre-season game. There's this one particular Twitter account that's really doing my head at the moment who's just talking nonsense about Balassi being better than Awobi and just all kinds of madness. And so he, he, he got the particular brunt from me at about five o'clock on um, Saturday afternoon, but I think, I, a, I think I caught a few of them out, to be honest. I think I saw that. The last yeah. one, well, he was one. Um, a couple of, well, Machete should, should sell up. It peaked and Machete should sell up because we were 3-0 down in a pre-season game. It was excellent. Brand should be sacked. Yeah, it's, so sacked. That Brands was the one I clocked, I think. Yeah, it's it just, the, the supporters are just generally frustrated with the club and they have been for like a long time. But it's like, it's so funny like it can't funnel out, you know, like all that like fume, all that frustration can't go its usual route to get out at the manager in like down the manager's sort of pipe. It's got to go elsewhere. No one knows where to vent their anger, or do they? It's going Marcel Brands. places at the moment. Well, Marcel Brands is a good one, but then I, I don't know what he was saying. But Darren Griffith and Ian Snowden were getting it. Like, what the oh, that was, that was fantastic. <laughs> like, you know, well, that was... I, what do you want them to do? Sit there and give scathing and review on the club's in-house, you know, stream commentary. It's like to be to be I fair. Like, to be fair, Roy Keane did it all those years ago. I like um, Darren and Ian. I think they like just because they're like they're like an old dressing gown, they're like an old house coat. They just make you feel comfortable. And like, because they've been there for so long, and you know, I remember listening to so many games, like on like the audio stream, you know, when you couldn't get to away matches, and they'd be like, you know, they'd be the club's sort of radio stream, like they um, on the website. I don't we'll know what they've been saying, yeah. but apparently they were uh, given like a glowing sort of tribute to um, Bill Kenwright, which, to be honest, yeah. if that is what it was, that wouldn't. That's have not going. That's not going to go down well on Everton Twitter. No, it wouldn't have went down well with me either, but I don't know, you know, what what you'd expect at this point. Like they're gonna do that, aren't they? But it just made me laugh that like we were three mil down and people that they were getting some of the flats. <laughs> no, but to be fair, I think they're asking for trouble with like if they're like blowing smoke up Ken Wright's backside in the middle we're of a talking some hammering off Blackpool. The game in the back of a transit van or something like that. I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know but to be fair, when when 
Rice said this this morning when there's so much that people hate about the club and it's not the usual, the manager. Everyone gets it. I think even the fans get it. It's blame other fans. Darren Griffiths and Ian Snowden, Marcel Brand, Mishiri, Ken Rice. In reality, it's just a very inadequate yeah I've heard, I've heard another one like what was the other one I heard uh, now apparently Denise Barrett Baxendale's a closet red yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's it she's, she's, um, she's the CEO of the whole company is because yeah. yeah. she's, she's a big she's a cop she's a cop everyone gets the blame don't they um, but what I would say though about Ian Snowden and Darren Griffiths they are very good for the cliche because I'm pretty sure I've heard that Ken Wright one before. That he's doing what, what was it they actually said in about Ken Wright? It's something I used to listen to games on the radio in the back of a transit back. <laughs> <laughs> With his brother or some nonsense, I don't know. <laughs> so just nearly spat my water out. <laughs> I don't we're, we're definitely not editing that out at all, by the way. I don't want us to edit that out. <laughs> that is fantastic. Uh, yeah, that was wonderful. I'm telling you, our, our Paul got the best ever quote I've heard about Ken Wright was when Duncan Ferguson in his testimonial um, <laughs> thanked Ken Wright um, and got all the crowd to like, you know, cheer and applaud for him. <laughs> and then Paul went like a little girl reading a poem to Stalin up on the uh, balcony. <laughs> that's, that's absolutely perfect. Like It is it's like Kim Jong-un or something, isn't it? Yeah, like the deal either. Kill millions, but like there's a little girl who's like, you know, reading a, a like a, a a poem that's been written for her to like it's been written for her to say how much they love the leader who protects them. It's like, yeah, that's 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 bad idea. Right, to, to be honest, wasn't like that Duncan Ferguson testimonial in the middle of that summer where we were flying planes over Southampton telling <laughs> Ken Wright to get out and all that. <laughs> you know what? I don't know. It's it's so many bad summers now. They've all sort of melded together. There's just this big mad big one with cesspool full of trauma, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It when we we started our pre-season off on the Astro turf in Holland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was creaming that, wasn't it? Oh <laughs> playing, yeah. Playing on someone's artificial grass in the back garden. No, the per- per- personal favourite. You know when peak Everton was definitely that time. I mean. I could go on forever about this one, but it was just that a- that AGM with the uh, machinery and Steve Walsh and Joe Anderson ringing the police on Ross Barkley. Just oh, that whole <laughs> that whole like that like Wednesday and Thursday night, not just like in January 2018, where just completely everyone's head just fell off. Was that when Steve Walsh was saying it was excuse for not buying the striker was that we were the finish seventh anyway? Yeah, that yeah. was the one. And then yeah. Machiri got. Uh, Lukaku threatened to sue Machini for racism because he called his mum like a witch doctor or something. <laughs> um, it was uh, Denise Barrett Baxendale said the city's all ours because we moved yeah. officers into the lava building. But apparently Denise Barrett Baxendale's a closet red though, so you never know. You know, it was all for banter. Was that the Fab Four one as well, where he said we've got our own Fab Four, Rooney Sigurdsson? <laughs> <laughs> Rooney Sigurdsson, Tosin and Walcott, I think. And Balassi. Oh, Balassi, yeah, it was Balassi. Uh, you know what, four. after that, that the, the one positive of that was that he, he didn't speak publicly as much after that, Machiri, because he made such a holy show of himself at that shelf. 
Oh, that, that that entire thing was just glass, and then Joe Anderson was like writing letters to the police because Ross Barkley runs his contract down. <laughs> it's just absolute, that was just, but it's Everton. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think it was. It's definitely one of them. Like Everton's Twitter's heads just fall off, and I mean, there's always a bad result in pre-season that makes Everton fans like start like losing the marbles and. It looks as if it's come early this time around. It's like very first one, three nil down to Blackpool. You can't get any better, can you? But like the, the Everton few, I mean, Chico Azul must have been loving it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Sorry, sorry Keith Azul. Keith Azul, famed uh, athletic journalist. Excellent day supplements. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way his picture changed from Steve Walsh to that, like, Random lad who was slating scousers two weeks ago and everyone's head at the size of his forehead. He just picked <laughs> that picture up, saved it, and used it. But because not everyone saw that from like Southampton and, and Newcastle and all that, that just looks like it could be someone like could be him. <laughs> <laughs> that was it was it's just it's been an absolutely brilliant uh preseason slash sort of off season for Everton Fume so far and Chico Azul's obviously lapped it up but it, it's just one of them. I mean, it's it's Everton in a nutshell, to be honest. Like, we needed... We, I was saying this in work today. We needed, this summer of all summers, a long transfer window to get our players in. We get the shortest one we possibly can and the season starts within, like, three weeks and we've got no one. Um, I tell um, you what, though, the best shout I've saw on Twitter, I don't even remember who said it. It might have been our Paul again, but it was <laughs> the highlights of Everton's pre-season so far. Is when Seville won the um, the Europa League because you know that fella who flopped Fanta Scruff is dancing through the night. <laughs> <laughs> that little Spanish fella who fucking knocked him out. Class. Uh, but yeah, that was about it as far as Blackpool away was concerned. We got a few glimpses of things we didn't want to see. Blackpool scoring three against us. Sigurdsson wearing the armbands. Enough for me. He was bought for a set pieces and that's it. For he finally done it. He's, he's delivered. It's only been three years. Good. I had so many high expectations for him after the hard duck split go. Yeah. I don't know. I thought, here he is. Look at this. Who's this baller here? Like, hitting strikes from 45 yards out. And <laughs> well, it's, it's, safe to, it's safe to say he's really, gone, he's really kicked on from there, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean. Goes through games, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, I think that's it. He's he's that good. Sometimes you just like don't even realise he's dead. He's gone in a flash. While we're out and guilty, Sigurdsson, I think it's best to this point bring up that a certain Icelandic statistic statistic statman once said <laughs> that uh, once once blocked me for saying that he just simply wasn't a better player than Kevin De Bruyne. So who's who's laughing now, eh? And I knew he used to like defend Sigurdsson, but he didn't go that far, did he? Yeah. He, oh, did. he said, Yeah, he did. I, he said, oh. well, the, the, the only difference between De Bruyne and Sigurdsson is at Man City, De Bruyne's got players who will put it in the back of the net. <laughs> wow. Well. You've, yeah. proper, you've killed the, the segment now with that. I can't, but I'm yeah. reeling from that. I feel like, no. I feel like just... Long enough, yeah, like. yeah, I think we'll leave, we'll leave it at that anyway for this segment. That, that's pretty much as much as the we can go over a preseason game without like losing our marbles and saying we're going to get relegated like before the ball's even been kicked or whatever usually happens on Everton Twitter. Who played well? What? Yeah, I believe so. Played well. Okay. 
Yeah, he was all right. Yeah, but apart from but apart from that, it's just basically typical Everton preseason fume. Sign players. We're going to get relegated otherwise, apparently. And what's the other thing? Oh yeah, uh, Icelandic statisticians like in for a barrage of abuse from Owen in a minute if he if he doesn't. Book I don't know. Won't be able to. He's blocked me. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> That's why he blocked me. That's what it is. He just dishes it out and then blocks you. Yeah. Yeah, and Ken Wright, um, Bashiri. Oh, I've got it wrong twice. Ancelotti. <laughs> I don't know how I've done that, but Ancelotti's going to walk it's out. It doesn't matter. It's, it's all of their fault. It doesn't matter yeah. who it is. They, to top it all off, Ancelotti is um, going to walk out on a £9 million a year job. They've, um, according to the Daily Star, who've got good inroads into Everton, obviously. Not yeah, just well, the Daily Star, they're four great journalists. But, but it's yeah. also, it's, it's important, though, because we're going to miss out on Asmir Begovic now. Oh, there we go. And, and you know, Hoiberg and... Uh, just, it's, it's just... It's a disgrace, and Carlo Ancelotti is, should be rightly upset that we haven't brought in Asmir Begovic. Let's sign more 47-year-olds. Yeah, that's probably it. To be honest, we just we just need to like bring Duncan Ferguson out of retirement just to shut up the uh, commentators on Sky and BT. We're constantly like, like whenever they're playing terribly in the camera pants to Duncan Ferguson, what they wouldn't give to have him playing up front now. Oh, no. Yeah. How many times have you seen that one? I always think you know when the camera pans on like Sky or BT or something and it just lands on Ken Wright. Just think, Bashiri must sit there and think, how much more do I need to spend for this camera stays on me? Like, they still, they still look at Ken Wright as if he's the owner. Mm-hmm. That, that's probably why we're still struggling. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, there we go. We'll, we'll leave it at that before we t- it turns into a Darren Griffiths and Ian Snowden bashing session again. <laughs> Next up, we've got our should we sign segment, and this time it's going to be on Abdullahi Dukore. So, Owen, Teddy, and myself are going to run through the pros and cons of this potential deal. We'll start with you, Teddy. What do you think Dukore would add to our squad? I mean, it's pretty obvious that he would add something when you consider that he's a central midfielder at this point. Yeah, I mean... It wouldn't take much. No. Uh, presence, more than anything. I know that's a cop-out answer, because he's like... You know, big, you know, tall, muscular player, but it, that is what we're missing. Like in centre midfield, people just walk through it, and like there's no, they're not, they're not pressed, they're not tackled, they're not nothing. No, he's not like a destroyer type player, is he? He's more like you know, he plays alongside a destroyer and go, goes forward and you know tries to provide goals. And this is what I'm, I'm sort of thinking. He, he would have to come in in conjunction with one of those players, possibly Alan. Like that seems to be what the plan is. And I'd be fine with that, but I think if you were to play to Corey alongside any of our other midfielders, apart from possibly Cabaman, who you know isn't fit yet anyway, but if we played him alongside, you know, Gomez or Sigurdsson or Tom Davies, I don't. It's going to be more of the same. It's going to be, you know, no shape, no structure. But he seems like he'd be a good fit. I think it's a good fit for all involved. He obviously isn't going to want to stay in the championship. I don't think Watford would be too upset to lose him because they've got. You know, other players that um, they want to come through. I mean, where that uh, Quinoa, I think is that how you say it. He's um, Quinoa. Keen, not Quinoa, but Quina or whatever. I don't know. Quina. No, I know what you mean. I just, well, you know what I mean. Um, it, basically, they, they want to play him and they probably don't 
they won't miss Decore. I think it's a good time for them to leave. The only issue for me is the price. The Pozos or Pozos are terrible with pronunciation, oh, but so. the Watford owners don't sell cheap and they don't have the piss taken out of them for price. So I can't see us getting them for um, a knockdown fee, even with you know COVID and you know with them being relegated, they'll they'll have a price and they'll just stick to it. And we can't afford to wait, and they'll know that because we you know we need players in. I think he'd be a good addition as the short version. I think he'll he'll add that presence and that strength and that forward momentum, you know, goals from midfield that we've been lacking. And what we probably would have had if we'd assigned Sissoko years ago, that sort of profile of player, that sort of like he you know goes forward from deep, but he's not a number ten. And if he can start scoring and you know creating in the centre of midfield, he'll take a massive a lot of amount of pressure off the strikers because they're getting no help at the minute from anyone behind them, and that's something he mm. could provide. As long as, with a massive, you know, asterisk, we get a tackler-type midfielder to go alongside him, because that's not what he is. Yeah, I mean, I think in the midst of all that, I think it's just come into my head that, like, Quinoa used to play next to Rice at West Ham, and, I was, and that's just, like, blown my mind. <laughs> but, yeah, but on, back onto the actual subject. <laughs> I, I think he will be a really good addition. He'd be... Like you, you nailed it when you said presence. He is. He, we need someone strong. I'm sick of seeing our team lose aerial duels, lose the battle for second balls in the middle of the park. I mean, I can't tell you how many times we've seen it this season. It's just, and it really does. As an ever, as you know, what we're like as Everton fans, we value that so highly. We we like to see our teams work hard and win, win the personal battles and. It, you know, I think that as fans, we take it personally. I think that we take it as a personal insult to ourselves that these players aren't trying hard enough. And I'm hoping that these kind of players can be a bit more imposing in the games if we bring them in. Oh, and what do you think, mate? Yeah, with the core, I'm not 100% convinced on them, mainly because I feel a Watford is surrounded in a midfield free last season. And I think out of them three midfielders who played for Watford mainly last season, I think he was probably the worst out of the three. I'd agree with this. I think Etienne Capu is a really underrated midfield player. I think he's really good at breaking play up, sitting in front of the back four, and does and really got a good range of passing on him. Um, Will Hughes goes under the radar as well. So maybe he's not the flashiest player, but he did his job mostly well, especially... When um Nigel Pearson came in, he um he gave Will Hughes a central role. When Javi Gracia and Flores was playing um Will Hughes off the right and cut in and whatnot, but he got moved into the middle and did really well. But the core eight, um Pearson moved him behind the strikers at number ten. His best season was an eight, and his best form for what came under Javi Gracia when um he was partnered next to Capu, but. If he was partnered next to someone like Capu, I think he'd do well. Um, Is it Alan? Alan's a bit maybe in that Capu mould, I think. Yeah, I think someone similar to that. I think um, Decore would do well for Evan. I think he's a better player than Gomez, but I think he'd need that destroyer next to him. Oh, and you you think you think Klaus Thompson was a better player than Gomez? I don't think he definitely is. I think he puts better numbers up in terms of goals and chances created, but. Like I said, that could just be a product of Watford more than Everton. Yeah, well, again, it's I'm not always keen on buying from English teams because, you know, I think we've ended up with egg on our face too many times. But 
obviously we brought Richarlison in from Watford and he's the exception. So, you know, maybe it's a Watford thing. Hopefully you can follow in Richarlison's footsteps rather than a Sigurdsson or, you know, the, these kind of players we buy from lower English sides, like a Balassi maybe, or a, you know, we've, we've, we can count, you can count them. You lose count of them eventually. I think who else have we brought in? Ashley Williams, people like that. We've brought in so many players from lower down the table. Yeah. And they've stunk the place out. I mean, surely we've got to get it. We've got to get it right this time. There's, there's no excuses. We've got a very good manager. We've got a director of football who need, who's had one good summer and one bad summer. I think we can agree on that. Yeah, I think for what the club needs at the times, yeah. Yeah, but obviously Marcel Brandt is recruiting for Carlo now and he needs to get players who suit the system. And I think it's I think in Alan's case that's definitely the case. But with Takure, like you say, how is he in a four four two of was was Javi Gracia's formation a four four two? I know you said he played his yeah. best football under see I'm not I'm not clued up enough on Watford, but yeah, if, um... like yeah, Javi Javi Gracia played a four well a four four two, but the wide play cut inside, so it was a four two 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 more. But Decore played next to Capu under Javi Gracia, and that's where his best form came. He played as an eight under Silva. Silva brought him into the team because Masari didn't like him. I think he sent him out on loan, but Silva brought him in and started really well. He continued with Gracia playing a four four two and did really well because he was partnered with Capu. And if not Kapu Chalaber, who was also pretty good. And yeah, he, he carried on really good form until last season, where he, his position moved round a bit and he Flores played him as a six and then um Pearson played him as a ten. So it was really God, he, God he's been messed around as much as Tom Beavers has here. Yeah, he, because he's been seen as their best midfield player and really it's Kapu, but because he's been seen as the best, managers have gone in, I think, and Wherever the team needed like a bit of protection defensively, he's done that. But offensively, he's done he's done the same. But really, he's an eight. He's not really great defensively. If we were to play him and Gomez, I'd worry. Oh God! Because neither of them have much defensive awareness. But like I said, with the Corey and I don't know Sangare or Nalan, then I think that would work. Yeah, it's interesting. And then if there's anything I've learned from this segment, is that. I wish it could be more like you, Owen. I, I wish I could watch Everton be this awful and not completely lose interest in other football. Because literally, after the what I've witnessed from Everton this season, I've pretty much stopped watching any other football. Certainly English football, anyway. It was I found it absolutely unbearable. So fair play for you to, to you know, for sticking in there and still watching other teams because I just couldn't bring myself to do it. I was that depressed it's about not, Everton. Not. Not every team. I've also got a, um, as Terry knows, I've got a friend who's a Wofford fan, so he fills me in on all the Wofford news and whatnot. So, yeah, I've got a lot of it to do in, but I've, when, when I've watched Wofford, I've noticed the same thing. Yeah, at, least, um, at least if we do bring in Zakore, like we can finally leave Wofford alone. We'll have got what we wanted then. We we tapped up their manager who went back to their team and tapped up Richarlison, tapped up to Corey. There was three players, wasn't there, who Silva basically, it came out eventually that, that Silva got sacked in a big way because he was his head was turned by us. And then he tapped up three like um, three Watford players to come with him. One was Richarlison, one was the Corey. And who was the other one? Oh, and it was some, some lonely you know, defender, wasn't there? Yeah. Was... No, it was um, Andre Carrillo, the right winger, who 
rubbish, but Silver seems to like him. Yeah, Silver had him at Sporting as well, yeah, didn't Andre he? Andre Carrillo, yeah. Well, he, he two, you know, we got the manager, we got two of the players. I mean, we'll probably get him again next year then. <laughs> but, um, to be fair, Carrillo couldn't do any worse on the right wing than whatever we've got there at the moment. Oh, trust me, you've not seen Andre Carrillo play. Do Is he that bad? Yeah, he, he, he would be. He would have been if he either came Silver's Cooper Martina. I think he is that bad. The, well, like the, the Peruvian Mitch Ward. Yeah, I think he's in the current Balassi mould, to be honest. Oh. Well, we'll leave it at that then, hopefully. Yeah, we'll that's, that, that sounds like a battle of laughs. Yeah, Watford's a bit. Watford will have done quite well out of us by when it's all said and done, but we can't complain because they didn't want us to and we did it anyway. Yeah, well, that's yeah at this point, it is literally a. Uh, you know, my my dad'll beat your dad up kind of contest. It's not it's not about the, it's not about the fact that we constantly sign rubbish. It's the fact that we can ju- we can just buy who we want. And it, it's also the snowball the snowball effect with all this. We only went in for the manager. Now we're trying to get half the team out. We'll end up with their owners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but to be fair, the owners are probably do do better than what our current setup are doing. So I'm not going to argue with that. Yeah, Let's tap the owners. Tap the owners up. The county wants Mercedes to sign up. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, maybe he's right. Tell him to sell up to them. We'll tap, tap their owners up next. <laughs> there you have it, guys. Uh, Abdullah Decore. What's the verdict, guys? Bring him in. Yeah, I'm, I'm not against it if we bring a defensive midfielder. You, you'd have anyone who isn't Gomez, wouldn't you, though? I'd have Tom Cleverley. <laughs> there you go. Let's just sign the whole Wofford. Let's sign the whole Wofford midfield. We've got to get it right eventually. Hmm. Terry, what about you, mate? Would you have him? Yeah, I had mean doubts and, and, you know, I had the same doubts everyone else did. Like, you know, his age, if he doesn't work out, he's got no sell-on you know, value and you're stuck with him then. I don't care about the sell-on value in the sense of, um, oh, we need to make money back. I've got, I mean, we do, but that's, as a fan, you're just worried about the way the team plays. But we've seen players with who did well at other Premier League clubs who we've brought in who, after a year or two, are too old and you can't shift them. Malassi, Sigurds and so on. But at least this would be addressing an area of serious weakness. So it's a yes, again, with an asterisk, because we need to sign another player with them as well. He needs a Kapuwe-type signing alongside him. I think Alan's got to be the priority or an Alan-type player. But again, I wouldn't argue with Decore as long as it came afterwards and he wasn't the priority. Yeah, I mean... I'd prefer us to not do more of this or the same, like just buying, having a really, you know, scattergun recruitment sort of strategy where we, you know, going for one type of player, then we're going for another and we're just sort of bouncing with the targets don't seem to have anything in common. But we're, we're not going to, so we might as well just hope for the best with um, how we do it. So, uh, you know, I'd like to call a, when after what, any doubts you'd have about to call a, we're, we're, we're eased somewhat when you see the, um, the Blackpool performance where we're just getting overrun in midfield again by a League One side this time. Yeah, I think anything will do at this point. Next up, it's the Should We Sell segment, and of course that's on our young right-back, John Joe Kenny. So we'll start with Owen on this one. What would you do with John Joe Kenny, keep or sell? Sell. Um... That was ve- that was very very strong strongly very strong minds on this, aren't you? Yeah, I'm I'm not a huge fan of John Joe Kenny. I don't think he's good enough to be Everton's starting right back. 
And if he's not going to be the starting right back, he's not going to be the backup either because Seamus Coleman's clearly got that position nailed down as some sort of utility right back if we're going to sign one in. So I would much rather go out and buy a right back who would be the starter and then let Seamus Coleman be the, the understudy to sort of, you know, be be there when we need him. But I don't think as our number one choice right back it can be John Joe Kenny. I don't think he's good enough defensively. He's he's got a decent cross on him. He's average in terms of his sort of like passing metrics and whatever. But I do, I just think he's he's for a lower he's he's for the team in the Premier League. He's about lower bottom half, I would say. So not a great like sort of testimony there of John Joe Kenny. Teddy, what's your take? I'm sort of on the fence. Like I was for the longest time, you know, the same as Owen. Like, don't think he's good enough. I, you know, based on what I'd seen before he went out on loan, I thought, you know, where well, he's got a level and it's not going to be the level we need. Um, so he's probably the best option to move out because, you know, he'd be good on the the FFP front because, you know, he's not cost anything, but he'd be bringing money in, so it'd be all, you know, pure profit. But then, if he does stay, I'd be. I've I've been sort of taught a bit of a lesson by the season just gone in that your players can surprise you. Like I'd have said last summer, Holgate was a was exactly the same as Kenny. Now I'd have said, you know what, sell him. He's never going to make it. He's not going to be good enough. A lot of people would have said the same about Calvert Lewin, and the two of them went on to have great seasons. Now, okay, he was in a struggling team, and the team didn't do that well. But their personal seasons were by far and away better than anyone would have expected. So since Kenny's had this loan, you know, he's obviously going to have learned a lot more about himself as a player. And okay, you might have looked at the way he performed on the loan and go, still wasn't good enough, but there's no reason that he couldn't come back and, you know, improve now. So obviously at the time of recording, we haven't seen that yet. So I would still probably for me have him only, yeah, sell him. It's worth selling. I'd like to use that, you know, freedom financially that that would bring to bring in better quality players especially in the right back position but I'm more open now to the idea of him staying if that's the way the club were approach it see what you know see what happens this season then you know you still got you've always got next summer if it doesn't work out definitely I mean you guys have definitely taken different views on this but I've got the I think it shouldn't be any surprise if anyone knows my opinions on Seamus Coleman, what I'm going to say. Uh, I'm very much of the keep Kenny as a backup and sell Seamus Coleman and replace him. Uh, that one's really raised a few eyebrows there with Owen. Uh, the only problem in a, in a sort of FIFA football manager type mould, that'd be fine. But in in like in the real world, I mean, you know yourself, it's it's it'd be nice to happen. It's not going to though. Coleman's locked in place, isn't he? He's not going to go anywhere. It's, it's just, it's just a shame. I think Kenny does seem very committed to making it at Everton, and I think he's he's actually spoken out and said that today, which yeah, you you you're very against this album, are you? Yeah, I'm not too. I'm not really a, a fan of Kenny, but if he was to stay, then. Obviously, I think he could he, he could prove people wrong. I just I'm I'm yet to see any evidence that he's anything other than a bottom half Premier League player. So I don't know. People say we're a bottom half Premier League team, but 
I still think we want our levels to be higher than that. So I think if we're going to get better, it won't be with John Joe Kenny right back, but we'll see. Yeah, my my stance is pretty much, you know, your sell, your keep, I'm sort of maybe, but I, I am le- I do lean more towards what Owen thinks, but I'm just, I'm, I've now got that smidgen of doubt where, you know, I'm, I'm aware it could change over a season because we've seen it happen. But yeah, if you're asking me to, if you put the decision in my hands right now, I'd probably sell him, yeah. So, I've been outnumbered there, definitely. John Joe Kenny goes in, in in the hypothetical sense that Kenny does leave. Who comes in? We've had a little bit. There's been a few right backs linked, also a few names out there Diogo Dalot, Santiago Arias, Alessandro Florenzi. Uh, who else are those guys, would you take? Dalot. Dalot. What about you, Teddy? Arias, um, because I, 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 when we signed, you know, Sprans and Silva, you know, we were linked to it, like specific players, you know, like for you know certain positions, and you know, Lozano and Richarlison, and you know, we got some of them, didn't get others. Arias was one who we were linked with when um, Kieran Trippier went to Atletico. So, I, you know, I've looked at him a few times since with, with the idea of we might sign him, and he, he, he looks like he'd be a great. Everton played, he's very aggressive, you know, like he's very combative as a player. Haven't seen Florenzi much, I'm not going to lie. Um, obviously, Max Adams, Diego Delo, they're attacking right backs. They're like, they're flying right backs. Delo plays like on the wing sometimes for Man United. Um, I don't see them fitting in that sort of mould that he wants at right back, which is where they took him to be a centre back at times, which is what Coleman's been doing. Certainly don't see Delo doing that. And it's got to be said as well, Delo's constantly injured, isn't he? Which is something uh, I get. Yeah. I, yeah. Either that or he can't get in the team, which doesn't scream, we should sign him. No. The reason why I'm going for Diogo Dallo is that I think there's potential there. I, I don't think his future is at Man United. And I think he's a young enough right-back we can mould. He, he's, he's big, he, he's quite strong, so we can get forward quite well. I just think there's more potential in signing him than Arias, who I, who I do like at Atletico. He plays in a similar way to what we play in terms of the 4-4-2. Florenzi would be a no because I think it's difficult to... If we, if we were an Italian team, then maybe, but I don't think he'd be a good fit for us. And for Dallo, I, I wouldn't choose Dallo if I had to choose anyone. It'd be Kenny Tete um Leon. Ah, yeah, that's, been a name, that's a name that has been dotted around. He'd be one because I think he can cut in as that third centre back and do well going forward so he would be my choice it wouldn't be Dallow but out of them I think there's more room to develop Dallow than there would be Florenzi or Arias I think either, either way I think pretty much all these names that we've named would be an upgrade on either of the right backs we've got at the moment yeah possibly yeah maybe I'd have Coleman over Florenzi because of I just don't think he's a really good fit for what we need, and I think Coleman's a decent choice to be the third centre back. I, I, I obviously very much beg to differ on that front. No, but I think if you've seen Coleman towards when Ancelotti's come in, he's done a very good job defensively. He's improved him defensively. He's not the same as he was going forward, but I'm not Coleman's biggest fan either, as people know from a few years ago. But I do see more work of keeping him around and. John Joe Kenny. So it's definitely, definitely, regardless of who we bring in, the stance from this show, from definitely from you two, is sell John Joe Kenny if the chance comes around. 
Uh, yeah, if we get good money for him, yeah, and I, I would sell him. I, I, I can't see a situation where he stays just to, because we need other positions more and we can we can make do with Coleman and him. But if the opportunity comes to bring in a new right-back, I would definitely sell him. I don't think he's our future there, is my point. Yeah, fair play. Teddy, same? Yeah, same answer, but different context let, let more reluctantly but still the same answer yeah yeah I'm, I'm very much i want to see how kenny gets on give him a full season and maybe try and phase him in over coleman this season and just see what happens i can't see us signing a right back this summer not when we've got so many more important areas to address i think we might loan one i think we might get an, one i don't think we'll buy max adams but they'll want money big money for him relatively for a right back and I just don't think we'll be willing to put that money and the money down for a right back. But I can see Arias coming in maybe on loan or I don't know Kenny Tete on loan, something like that. I, I can't see us buying Max Adams though. No. So a loan, if not, it's Kenny and Coleman. Yeah, but reluctantly so. Reluctantly so. So yeah, I'd like to see how Kenny gets on this season, give him a real chance, and you know I can't see us doing bits this season and. Anyway, let's just see how he gets on, and if not, then we've got next summer. Yeah, I think with Kenny, though, it depends what offer comes in. If we get a good offer for him from, I don't know, someone like Crystal Palace, for example, or a team from abroad, then I think you would have to look at it, because if he has a bad season, does a stock no good that he had it okay, slow in a shelter, and then not a, an unsuccessful spell or everything. So I think you'd have to look at it. If we could get a better one in, then you'd have to look at it. Fair play. I think that's something that I'm, I try and avoid looking into is the balance sheet side of things. But I think now more than ever, we probably need to take that into consideration. So it's probably a really good point. Which is a shame because there's not a I'd like to see more than us just like start throwing the money around. But we know that hasn't worked in the past. No, but I think we've done it poorly as well. I think I don't know if any of you saw it over the weekend. There was a Twitter poll from 2017. Who'd you rather, Evan Benegar or Gilfie Sigurdsson? And 80% says Gilfie Sigurdsson. So we throw money at things that look good because he looked good at Swansea. And now we didn't really know as much about Evan Benegar. We're, we're rarely at that time. Evan Benegar was much, well, still is a much better player. So. Yeah, I think we I think we need to look beyond the whole facade and things, and I think that's a machine issue as much as anything because he's very big on these statement signings, isn't he? Yeah, um, that needs to be brought under control as well. That, no, that needs to be complete. In my opinion, that needs to be completely knocked on the head, and we need to be far more strategic. Well, yeah, but trying to be a little bit more calm about it. But yeah, I do agree. No, but we brought in Marcel Brands to try and be more strategic, so he needs to like let him do his job. Yeah, he's got a different sort of remit to buy for this time, though, hasn't he? Yeah. He's buying for a 4-3-3, so maybe the players he was buying for a 4-3-3 just wasn't being coached well enough by Silva. Evangel- with Ancelotti. We're bringing 4-4-2 four, four, players in, hopefully. Then yeah. maybe we'll see better results from him, too. All I will say is sign Asmir Begovic now, otherwise Ancelotti's going to walk. What's this ask me a bag of each finger? Yeah, I've heard rumours that like basically the Daily Star put this article up. This guy called Harry Pratt put a thing oh. up. It was like like an article like 
Ancelotti's upset because we're missing out on all our key targets and name Begovic as one of them. No, the, the, the Daily Star didn't name Begovic. The Daily Star published the um, article and then someone messaged Toffee Blues John like privately saying, this is true. It, and Begovic was one of the players that um, Ancelotti wanted and brands won't get him. Um, so <laughs> it's caused a rift between the two of them. And it was oh. just, yeah, okay. Asmir Begovic is causing the rift between Brands and Ancelotti. It's just, yeah, it wasn't in the Daily Star article. That was separate. That was some other um, in, you know, ITK going straight to the Toffee Blues with the scoop. It was yeah. Keith Azul. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. There, there you have it, guys. Anyway, let us know your opinions on John Joe Kenny. Drop us a comment. Do you want to keep him, sell him? loan them, whatever you want to do. Let us know what you want want us to do with John Joe Kenny. Not me personally, but the club. Uh, let us know what alternatives you'd rather have. It'll be have. your fault next. If we well, don't do anything, it'll be your fault if you're not selling that, them. That's it. I, I know I'm, I'm, it's not nothing to do with me. I'm going to get upset and I'm going to walk if, if yeah. we don't get the players that I want. <laughs> and then I'm going I'm to I'm message Toffee Blues John and let him know. Like, just all that before, before anyone else finds out, just because I'm in the now life. If you're listening to the podcast, of course, it's time for us to round off with the quiz tonight. It's the classic match squad quiz. Owen versus Terry. I name an Everton fixture from the past and our two competitors reel off the starters and the used substitutes. First one to name an answer that's not on that list is the loser and forfeits. Going to decide who goes first, as always. Got to flip a coin and I'll let Owen do the coin toss this week. Heads or tails, Owen? Um, heads. It's tails. Teddy, you get to pick. First or second, mate? I will go first, please. Teddy's been going first regularly lately and he's seen an upturn in his fortunes in the quiz, so let's just see what happens and I'll reveal the fixture in question. Now cue the intense quiz music. There we go. And tonight's fixture is another obscure one from the archives which took place nine years ago on this very day. Everton 3, Sheffield United 1, EFL Cup, second round, 24th of August 2011. 11 starters and three new substitutes to choose from. Teddy, you're up first, mate. Might, I might fall down the first day of Lagenia. Oh, yeah, I forgot you, you, you came crashing down last time, didn't you? Because it's the, yeah, it's the, it's, it's the League Cup, isn't it? It is indeed. Apologise if this stops me, but I'm going to go for it. Tim Howard. You, you blew it on the first uh, Ah, Back to normality. As long as You've I beat Thomas in the, game. Earth in the past two weeks, haven't you? I was, gonna, I was going to say Jan Mucha. It was Jan Mucha, he was the keeper. As long as I beat Thomas, that's all that matters because he gets it uh, proper. He, like, he, he riles him when he loses a quiz. It's, it's like Klopp when he gets beaten. It eats us insides, but um, yeah, I knew that because I couldn't remember who the, the backup goalie was at that time. I knew Tim Howell was the number one. Yeah. Of course, you know, big Jan. Jan Mucker. Go on, We're going to be Jan Mucker or, or Carlo Nash. The or... intense quiz music's not getting the good luck in this in the last two weeks, is it? Cause it's oh, not the, intense, quiz, the, quiz is, the quiz isn't intense anymore. We'll have to get like the, the, the dour, like, the relaxed quiz music, the, the sort of ASMR quiz music. <laughs> <laughs>
What's the uh, meditation quiz music? Yeah. So we've had Jan Mocha, um, Tony Ibbett. Uh, Tony Ibbett played the full game. Jack Rodwell. Rodwell started the game. Victor and Achieve. Victor and Achieve played the full game. Terry? Um, I don't know why I'm proper stressing over it. Um, You've already blew it, mate. Johnny Eisinger. Johnny Eisinger played the full game. Apostolos Velios. No, Velios was an unused sub. Delvan Distan? Distan was an unused sub. Leon Osman? Yeah, Osman started the game. Shane Duffy? Shane Duffy wasn't even on the bench. Um, Kevin Barat? No, it wouldn't have been Kevin Barat. Um, no, there wasn't nowhere else. Um, what year was this? 2011. James McFadden? No, there wasn't no James McFadden. No, I thought he might have been in the middle of his six-month deal. Did he have Billy Aletanov? We had him. No Billy Aletanov. Leighton Baines? Yeah, Leighton Baines played the full game. Maro and Fellaini? Yeah, Fellaini played the full game. Darren Gibson? No, yeah. Darren Gibson. He hadn't come in yet, he was at United still. Oh, was he? Yeah. Um, Phil Neville? Yeah, Phil Neville was one of the used substitutes. Um, Royston Drenthe? There was no Royston Drenthe, this was before the deadline. Was it? That might have given, given it away to someone. Mikel Arteta. Yeah, Arteta was one of the goal scorers shortly before he left. The Yak. The Yak didn't play despite the fact that he was still at the club at that point. Louis Saha still there or is he gone? Louis Saha was still there and he was a used substitute. So we have got one, two. You said, you've, you've said Osman, haven't you? Yeah. One, two. You've got two more starters and one used sub. Magai Gay. Whoa, go on. One of you's first. Magai Gay. No Magai Gay. Teddy. Phil Jagielka. Yeah, Phil Jagielka was one of the starters. You've got one more starter and the sub who replaced them, actually. Seamus Coleman? No Seamus Coleman. Stephen Pienaar? No Stephen Pienaar. This could be a bit of a tricky one actually, both of these. Not Dennis Strapwell, he didn't come in, has he? No, he hadn't come in yet. Um, is it old or young player? 
Young. Ross Barkley. Ross Barkley was the final starter. But who, who, who replaced them in the 77th minute? Also Young. Conor McElhaney. No. Garbage. Nope. Did we get him in 2012, actually, or something like that? No, he, he was. No. Like, we had the testimonial, didn't he? Or he could have done. So he was um, there. He was at the club. You've no idea, but he wasn't even in the sub bench. He was a kid I, then. He was a kid. He isn't now. 2011. Francisco Junior. <laughs> no. This is this is going to be a really tricky final answer, I think. Adam Forshaw. Nope. I think we're getting there with those these kind of answers though. John Bunsham. Nope. James Vaughan. Nope. This could be one of the toughest answers on any of these quizzes, this one. It, it started off it might be a bit tough. This is one of the toughest answers. <laughs> Philippe Senderdross. Senderdross? Yeah, no. Nah, Thomas nah, Itzelsberger? Still... No, it wasn't Itzelsberger. This lad was young. Oh, Ross Barkley came off and this guy came on. Uncle, don't know. No, I'm not sure. He's going to give up? Yeah. yeah. Jose Baxter. Right. Oh, I was going to say him before and forgot. I, I thought he well gone. It crossed no, me. I, I, I thought that too. Said it and then I, went, then I forgot about it. That surprised me. I thought he'd well gone by then, but so be it. So there's your team. It was Mucha, Hibbert, Baines, Jack Yelka, Heitinger, Arteta, Osman, Barkley, Fellini, Rodwell and Anachibi. And How many midfielders? I know, that was, that's vintage Moyes, that, isn't it? And used subs were Sahar, Phil Neville, Jose Baxter, and the unused subs were Tim Howard, Sylvan Distan, Apostolos Velios, and James Wallace. James Wallace. There's some oh. throwback there. That was a dark, dark time, that wasn't it? And he's only going to get worse. Arteta was about to go as well. Yeah. Wow. It's terrible, but it's Everton. <laughs> Just. I'm pretty sure Francisco Junior played a year later against Leeds in the cup. Sure he, he did because we got beaten. He was, it was <laughs> like just awful. Uh, yeah. Anyway, what wasn't awful was uh, well Teddy's performance was awful. Let's be honest. Uh, but it means Owen wins the quiz and Owen gets to pick a song to see us out. You know what it is. I am. You got correct. anything in mind, Owen? Uh, not really. I'll, I'll just go Z cars and cop out. <laughs> oh, I've got it then. Uh, let's okay. Let's have a Z, Z cars. We'll, we'll... Uh, this is where we usually explain why, but I don't think this needs much explaining, does it? <laughs> Are we going it's... with the starting or without? No, he's he's going. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I've I've just loved the nineteen sixties TV series, don't you know? Yeah, I'm a big fan of it, and I'm about to watch an episode after this podcast. Yeah, there you go. Any yeah. Um... Any Watford fans who are listening because of the Decore segment will enjoy this as well. Yeah, they are. It all, tie, it all ties in. There you go. 
Luke McKenzie. Luke McKenzie's going to come on. Luans is going to tune in and everything. <laughs> there you go, guys. We're going to finish with Zed Cars. Who, who was, who have, no one ex- expected that. Did they on an Everton, on Everton podcast? But no. There, there you have it. Zed Cars sees us out. And thank you for tuning in on the Toffee Blues. <laughs>